Hello podcasters, welcome to my little podcasting corner, from where I can join you in your podcasting adventures and from where I can share mine. This is Adventures in Podcasting. Hello podcasters and welcome to episode 11 of Adventures in Podcasting. And I'm delighted because I think it's about 68% of new podcasts don't make it past episode 10. (laughs) So I'm very, very happy to be here with you today. I have to say I'm finding it a little bit hard to stick to a weekly schedule, but I'm going to try to continue doing this because it's a great discipline. And anyway, it means that I keep these episodes short. So today... I'm going to continue the structure that has organically emerged, which is I will share some of my own adventures and also industry news, context updates, and then I'll go into sharing something that I think will help you in your adventure. So you can stay with me for the whole episode, you can drop off after the industry and personal updates, or you can fast forward about eight minutes. (laughs) Look at the show notes to make sure that you know how much to fast forward to go into the information, the, the, the meat of the episode if you are here for advice. So my name is Pilar Orti. I run it's, it's a side business, so it's not even a proper business uh, yet called Adventures in Podcasting. You can find everything about it over at adventuresinpodcasting.com. But needless to say, if you've started podcasting, and especially if you are in the learning and development industry, so coach, trainer or facilitator, I'll be delighted to give you a hand. But you can find everything over at the website adventuresinpodcasting.com. So let's start with the news. I've picked two pieces of news and one of them is a bit for information, but the second one is really to get you thinking about the space and your role in the podcasting space. So the first article is about Facebook and how it's slowly bringing in podcasts to the mobile app. Now, everyone's been so excited for months now about Facebook actually bringing in your RSS feed into your page, into your podcast page, into your business page, so that listeners can listen and have a good experience listening to it. So they can do other stuff, maybe while they have the app on. But this is still pretty much only happening in the US, although I think it's moving uh, globally very soon. And this is something that listeners can only listen to on their mobile app. Now, I have a confession to make. (laughs) I use Facebook very little. I don't have it on my mobile, so I can't really tell you about the experience. I'm also not in the US. But also interesting is that the audio hub as Facebook, I think, is calling it, is going to also include rooms similar to Clubhouse or Twitter Spaces, which means that there's a real focus on audio. We know this, audiobooks sales have been rising for a couple of years, etc. Podcast numbers, interestingly, podcast downloads, at least in one of the platforms that I host with Libsyn, are back up to pre-pandemic level. So, it's all it's all happening. It's all happening. So this is something just to look out for all the not just the podcast listening within Facebook and how we can exploit that to 
gain new listeners or retain listeners or keep current listeners happy and also what else is going on that where if we're comfortable in audio we might have another avenue so these rooms might come in handy I would love to hear of your experience. Uh, there's not that many of you listening yet, but you know, this the wonderful thing about these shows and the and podcasts is that they will last for ages. So I would love to listen, especially if you're listening way after October 2021. Maybe you're listening in 2023 and you can say, send me a note uh, if you, for some reason, digging into episode 11. Right, let's now go into the second piece I wanted to talk to you about. I find this is a more important article to consider because, yes, it's important to know practically what's going on in the space, but this next article talks about a more of an ethical and even moral and strategic thinking. The article is from wired.co.uk and the headline is Spotify is breaking podcasts. And the subtitle is Podcasts Continue to Operate Outside the Platform-Dominated Internet. Spotify's ambitions are changing that for better or worse. And it's really what the article says mainly is that many years ago, before Facebook, before Google even, we had a worldwide web that was very open, which in, in the article's view was more democratic. There wasn't as much emphasis on platforms. Of course, there were ads and stuff like that, but the, the whole space hadn't been as taken over by how to monetize it. I think that's probably what they're getting at. And so what they're saying is that podcasting has remained quite pure in that way, and it's really remained faithful to that spirit of openness. And now what Spotify has been doing with having lots of exclusive content that you can only find in Spotify, this space is threatened. I mean, this is it's a really nice article. It's very short, and I've actually picked a few quotes from it that I wanted to share with you. And then I'll, I'll go a little bit more into why we should be having this conversation within the space, because it goes beyond Spotify's exclusivity. Because as the article says, as indie podcasters, we're not going to be asked to go exclusive <laughs> in Spotify. They're actually taking some of the largest shows uh, or they are signing up celebrities, really well-established people. So that's not the important bit here. The important bit is thinking about exclusivity and whether that's something that we want to be offering in some shape or form and beyond us, what that can be doing to the wider space. So I'll read you some quotes. So Matt Stoller, who's director of research at the American Economic Liberties Project, and I quote, argues the company is trying to pull off the same power grab as Google and Facebook, take control of the advertising and distribution process and control and monetize the entire ecosystem through targeted advertising, a process known as streaming ad insertion. These things we should be learning about. This grab would destroy the current open system because the only viable way to get listeners and money would be through Spotify. 
I've got another quote for you. When the advertiser is the stakeholder, how do you extract value from the big money you're spending? Well, you go towards tried and true content, which is mostly but not entirely true crime and celebrity content. And then the real va- the real problem begins when if you don't agree to being exclusive, that starts to be a problem for you in Spotify. That's not where it is now, but who knows? But that's when, again, going back to the headlines for better or worse, well, actually, this could be quite good. <laughs> Why not? It means that some people can monetize by being exclusive on Spotify. We all want to be paid for our art. However, the problem starts to be whether if you're not on that platform exclusively, you cannot be on that platform. I'm just going to make a big, uh, a small pause here just to show the parallel between the podcasting world, the indie podcasting world, and the writing indie world, the indie author world, where we also have these kind of dilemmas. So for example, Amazon has a platform called KDP, Kindle Direct Publishing, through which independent authors and anyone indeed can go in there and publish their books as eBooks and paperbacks, and now even hardbacks. There's a thing called KDP Select, which is where the books go into Kindle Unlimited. So Kindle Unlimited is what you subscribe to as a reader. And then you can, I don't know if you can read one or two books a month for free because you're paying your subscription or I'm not quite sure how that works. As an author, if you want to be part of that subscription service, you cannot offer your works on any other platform. So for example, let's plug my book, Plan Your Podcast. That book, you can find it anywhere as an ebook and also as a, an, as a paperback only through Amazon, I think. No, actually, I can't remember anyway. You can find the paperback on Amazon, definitely. But I've got that ebook on all platforms that is Apple, Kobo, in libraries, wherever. Where, it's, where you can't access it is as part of this Kindle Unlimited service, because if I wanted subscribers of the Kindle Unlimited service to be able to access it, which would be great because people are more likely to try a book if it's part of a subscription service than to buy it, then I would only be able to have my ebook, only the ebook, on Amazon. I wouldn't be able to have it anywhere else. I wouldn't be able to have it somewhere for free as a lead magnet if I wanted to. Lead magnet being something you give to people to subscribe to your mailing list. And I decided not to do that. So this starts, can you see the parallels between the the two industries? The problem is not having things behind a paywall or within a system. The problem is making making it exclusive to that system. So there's something lots to think about through there, as well as that it's quite interesting that we're having these conversations in the podcast space. This is important, I think, for all the conversations around monetization, which is as soon as we want to make money directly from a show, we've got all these other things to think about. There is, I mean, this is not new, Uh, having some kind of exclusive content that only some people can access. An example of this is Patreon. So many podcasters have Patreon supporters, uh, Patreon coming from being a patron, of course. Uh, So many podcasters have Patreon supporters that maybe pay $1 a month, sometimes only up to a lot more. And one of the perks is usually to get 
a free episode. So you get a private episode once a month. Again, <laughs> I follow a couple of uh, people in the indie writer space for that, Joanna Penn and Writers Inc. And I have access to an extra episode a month for, again, a couple of dollars a month for them. So this is, it's not new to be giving content for monetary support, but we need to be thinking about what the ramifications might be for us and the industry. So let's, uh, that, that's where we are. Let's see where I am at in this big ecosystem. Well, some of you might know one of my shows, my longest running show. We're almost, we're, we're approaching, at some point we'll get to episode 300. We're on 284, I think, at the moment. And it's the 21st Century Work Life podcast. Now, I started this show in, I think it was 2015, 2016, and there weren't many shows talking about online collaboration, remote leadership, etc. And even though the show started at something broader than that, that's what it is now. Now, features of my show, one of them is long episodes, so between 40 minutes and one hour long. When I release shorter episodes, I get more downloads. And also, I know that one of the other shows I do, where I co-host My Pocket Psych with Dr. Richard McKinnon, and this is his show. I'm the co-host for his show, his company. With him, we also had 44, uh, over 40 minute long conversations. And he's really said, we want to come down to 30 minutes because I've seen that the 30 minute episodes get more downloads. Now, at some point, we'll have the full data, not just from Apple, to know whether people just download it and then listen to a bit or they actually get to the end, which will give us a lot of information. But for now, it does look like 30-minute episodes in October 2021 in the business arena are doing quite well. Again, over the last few years, my show was one of the very few shows looking at remote work. With the pandemic, not only are there more shows about remote work, online collaboration, but the shows that were normal, in inverted commas, leadership podcasts, business podcasts, etc., now cover also a lot of remote work and online collaboration and leadership, which means the competition in this space is now huge. So I'm combining a few things here so you can see that I want to do something different. The other reason why I want to do something different is I want to follow Richard's um, Richard's strategy, which is creating episodes that are not just bringing new contacts in through the podcast. So maybe potential collaborators, potential clients even, but also he's uh, designing the program so that he can point current coaches to the episodes. Or when he does a talk, he can always say, oh, if you want to hear more about this, listen to these kind of episodes. And believe it or not, I haven't been that strategic because the podcast, even though it's been my strongest content marketing tool and almost my only consistent marketing tool, I love doing it. And I love hopping behind the microphone to talk to the audience, to talk with guests, with my co-host. So my strategy hasn't really been that business focused. But now I think it's time to do that because actually 
I can see that my numbers will start dropping. They haven't started dropping yet, but I can see that there's going to be an impact. So I'm thinking of doing one, creating maybe 50-50 shorter shows and the longer shows, more content-driven, more answering questions. I've always shied away from making it very instructional or educational. I always wanted it more to be inspiration, entertainment, reflection. But I think there's something to be said for episodes that address a certain problem or challenge or theme even or topic. So I'm going to be doing a little bit more of that. And also with the company Virtual Not Distant, we've started, um, we've launched, not in a very big way, because I'm not a big launcher, I'm more of a consistent teller. We have a set of four sets of training, so four workshops that make up a program. So there's something new there. And I'm thinking, well, there's a lot of mileage in just grabbing those four things we're doing and focusing episodes around those four things, four workshops we're selling, because I really want to stop doing so much tailor-made stuff. So I think, yeah, I think, hey, after 280 episodes or more more than that, I am going to be strategic about how <laughs> the main marketing channel for my business works. But hey-ho, this is the problem when you love podcasting. So that's to say that every now and then we need to be reviewing our content strategy uh, to change with the times. Now, with this show, Adventures in Podcasting, I launched it ignoring my plan. (laughs) I had a plan, but the plan, I produced it before the pandemic. There's always like pre-pandemic and after-pandemic mainly in my space of remote teams and also in the space of podcasting because it's really blossomed. Podcasting as a uh, for listeners and for creators has really exploded during the last uh, 18 months. So we can't ignore that. And the thing is, I'm glad I didn't follow my plan because I quite like the structure of these episodes. It might feel to some of you like I'm rambling on for a bit, but you can always fast forward because there's a lot of industry news now. The space, every week there's something to talk about, as you've, you've heard, whether it's an article or something that's happening or a, or a question. And that wasn't quite the case when I first made my other plan. Also, I've, I've myself have created more shows and are in a different space. I have more adventures to tell myself. So I quite like that. At the same time, I've got to grow my audience. Um, I heard in podcasting insights, I think it was, that it takes about two years now to really grow your audience. And well, I'm only (laughs) 10 weeks into it. So I've got to also be strategic with this show. And I had thought of this show as an interview show right from the beginning, but it was just taking me too long to get around to that. I'm going to come back to that. So probably from episode 20, the next Nine episodes are going to have like this very how-to. I'm going to continue with this how-to segments at the end. But by episode 20, I want to start going into interviews. I had planned to have really curated episodes with four or five different voices in them. That's going to take too long. I'm going to start with straightforward interviews and then I'll move on to that. Got to be realistic about your time as well. And I'm starting with my friends. So the first people that you will, well, the first people I will record with might not be the first people you hear, will be my friends because I want to kick off this feeling really comfortable. So that's another recommendation for you. 
Well, those are my adventures. That's what's, what's, that's what's going on. And let's see. I want to now touch on the process of creating an episode for your podcast. All right, I'm going to keep this short, not just because I'm <laughs> I'm already going to be releasing another 30-minute episode, but also because I will put a link to a resource that you can download. It will be a PDF which just outlines the four different stages of the creation process with some added notes. And also what I'm going to do is over the next four episodes, I'm going to go into a bit more detail into each stage. So There's four, I see the podcast uh, episode creation process as having four stages. And in following this, you will understand what it takes to have a podcast. Basically, you will understand what you need to be looking at. And the four stages, you can look at them as being one, preparation, two, content creation. So the recording, the creating of creation of the material itself then the file creation, which is all the editing, and then publishing and consolidation, which is everything being pulled together and it makes the episode experience richer for the listener. There's loads of stuff around it. So there's the publishing, but then also there's bits and pieces around it. So I'll talk you very briefly through each stage. Now, preparation, there's two levels to this, if you will. One is the podcast As, as in your show, preparing the podcast, your first 10 episodes, etc. And for that, I recommend you grab Plan Your Podcast. <laughs> Or you can also subscribe to the email challenge. And for that, go to adventuresinpodcasting.com to the resources section. Scroll right to the end. You can find there the email sign up. And it's a set of 10 emails and it will take you to, through to planning your podcast. There's other stuff on my website, depending on when you're listening to this, that can help you with that. So there is that. You need to do that. And you do need to do that before getting carried away by grabbing the tag, etc. Because planning your podcast, your show, will help you to make decisions around scheduling, about episode length, about kind of show. And that will in turn inform your decisions around the tech. Then we have the episode preparation, which involves maybe a script or some bullet points, it might involve scheduling an interview with a guest, in which case it involves some research around the guest, etc., etc., with a co-host, whatever that involves. So set some time around for that. Let's not lump it in with the creation process. It really is something that needs to happen before that. Then we have the content creation, which is mainly the recording. So if you've got the work that you've done beforehand should make your recording a little bit easier <laughs> or much easier, depending on how you work. And that involves recording. So it might involve doing some solo recording with a microphone and a recording program like Audacity, which is an open source and free um, um, software. Or if you have a Mac, it comes with GarageBand. 
I find Audacity a lot, lot cleaner than GarageBand. I used to use GarageBand on my Mac and I, I don't use it anymore because Audacity gives me a really clean uh, interface. It's really easy to see, whereas GarageBand has a grid behind it because it's actually designed mainly for music. So it's got too much stuff for me, GarageBand. But hey-ho, use whatever you have. That is one. And sometimes you can edit on other programs. I will go into more detail into in when I do the segment on creation uh, in a couple of episodes, though. But you can also download that uh, file, I um, that PDF I was talking about from adventuresinpodcasting.com. If you're recording with another person online, you can... Uh, Honestly, many people say this is not proper podcasting equipment, but if you have a Zoom account, just make sure you split your tracks. I've talked about this before in another episode. If you're working with a co-host, record locally as well. So have the Zoom recording as a as a backup if you're recording with a guest. But again, there's loads of different ways of doing this, and I will go into that into this in another episode. So content creation is about the recording process. And that needs some planning as well. Then we come to the file creation, which is we've got the recordings and this might be a solo recording for the beginning and then the interview. That's enough. Or it could be just the interview. You then need to, if you want to, and again, this is an option, you can edit the recording itself, edit the audio, cut out pauses that you don't like, cut out coughs please do that. <laughs> if you are going to do any kind of editing and cleaning up, remove coughs, remove, uh, just remove sounds that don't add anything. Just clean it up. Just make the experience for people who are listening with a set of headphones on. Me, me, me. <laughs> please make that a much nicer experience. Honestly, to have someone really coughing in your ear is not very nice. And I've I've seen that done in like really amazing shows and at least do that. Unless you're just saying, you know, we're doing the whole thing and we're not touching anything. Well, then that that's fine. Then that's, that's an option, as I said. So it will involve touching up the audio if you need to. And then what my editor calls polishing, and I'm sure other people call it like that, which is just making the audio ready for publishing and for broadcasting on the internet. And that means bringing the levels from different people to the same level so that you don't have one person sounding really loud and one person sounding really soft. There's all kinds of stuff that, to be honest, I don't know about because I put it through something called Ophonic. I will again talk about this a little bit more because there are other options. But Ophonic, I will put the link in the show notes, you get two hours for free I've actually ended up downloading my desktop. Uh, I've paid for it and downloaded a desktop version. I use it so much. But if you are on the Mac that you might have problems installing and opening it. So I'm just warning you. <laughs> just have a look around. Maybe there's something that is more Mac friendly. But I'm very delighted to be supporting them by having purchased that piece of software. So again, this file creation is about editing the audio itself and then polishing the whole thing, putting it together so that you have an mp3 file that is to the right specification of your media host. So that takes us to stage four. The thing, I'm going to call it the thing, <laughs> 
The thing that usually turns an audio file into a podcast episode is uploading it to a media host, which then through the RSS feed sends it off to all the podcast directories. And again, I've talked a little bit about this in previous episodes. So this is about uploading the file and it being pushed out into the whole ecosystem. And this brings us back a little bit to our conversation about Spotify, who are having exclusive content. You could even start arguing that the audio that is being heard in Spotify is not a proper podcast, if you want to be uh, pedantic about it, because it means it doesn't have a public RSS feed, which is what your podcast will probably have. So once you've got your file to spec, it's uploaded there, and then the media host will push it out to all the podcast directories, as long as you have at some point done the work (laughs) of either submitting them through your podcast host or separately, which sometimes is needed. You can then consolidate the experience by adding show notes. And again, I've talked about this, how detailed they need to be, whether you have a separate blog post on your website where you also then embed your player whether you have a transcript as well, whether you have episode artwork for each episode. Now, remember that you need artwork for your show, for your podcast. And again, it needs to be created to a certain spec, mainly 1,400 times 1,400. That is the main thing. So you will have that. But then some people also create a little graphic for each episode. Again, this is optional I do it for some shows and not for others. I do it for definitely 21st century work life. I don't do it for this one. It just takes too long and I'm not sure that at the moment it's worth it. So again, these are things that can just make that experience a little bit uh, richer. Also audiograms, which are these um, little snippets of audio that are accompanied by a waveform that goes up and down. So it gives it's for social media and stuff like that, where you're just grabbing someone's attention giving them a taste of your episode and then hoping they will go and listen to the whole thing. And then the social media. So you can see that there's a lot of things that you can do to make this a richer experience. I'm going to leave this here now, but over the next four episodes, I am committing to talking for about five minutes about each stage so that you can understand it more. If you're new to podcasting, I will go a little bit more in depth and give you some recommendations for technology. I'll share a bit some of the decisions I've made around it. But to be honest, you just need to start to see whether where your knowledge blocks are. Once you know more or less what the process entails, then it's up to you to be discovering along the way what suits you best. What I will do is put a link to, well, actually, I think it's embedding it in the show notes at the moment. On my website, adventuresinpodcasting.com, on the show notes for episode 11, you will be able to find a a small PDF that takes you through the four stages of episode creation and gives you some recommendations. Also, I have a list of resources on adventuresinpodcasting.com that you can check out with lots of affiliate links. And remember that if you're looking for a media host, This podcast that you're listening to right now is hosted on Buzzsprout and I have an affiliate link 
in uh, on my website that you can use. So you can support this show by using that platform through that link <laughs> if you end up in a paid program. And also if you're looking for a website host, I am an affiliate of Bluehost. You can also find my affiliate links. And that's all from me for now. Uh, if you have any questions, you can send them over through the contact form at adventuresinpodcasting.com. If you want to tell me you're listening, oh, I, that would be great. <laughs> My Twitter handle is at inpodcasting, or again, you can get me through the website. Thank you very much for listening, podcasters. That's it for today's Thoughts and Adventures in Podcasting. I would love to hear your thoughts. So if you want to get in touch, head over to adventuresinpodcasting.com. My name is Pilar Orti. Thank you for listening. Keep podcasting. Mm-hmm.